You might turn with me to Romans chapter 15. I'm reading just a very small section today, verses uh, 30 through 33. That will be uh, the text for our message. Uh, but there, uh, there's uh, some explanation I want to give as we prepare to uh, look into this section. In this portion of, uh, of Paul's uh, letter, uh, he is on his way uh, to Rome. He has longed to be in Rome uh, to, uh, to, to bring uh, God's encouragement to them. But before he goes to Rome, and I, I wish I had, had taken this time to, to put this on the overhead, but, but, but Rome is, is, is in the center part of the Mediterranean Sea. And before uh, going to Rome... Um, he was going to go back over to Jerusalem, um, hundreds of miles, taking a, an extremely long time to do that, to deliver an offering, a mercy offering to the poor Jews there that was gathered by people, by people in, in Greece, which would be sort of in the middle. And so he's taking food and he's taking money from here. Uh, and he's going back to Jerusalem, and then he's on his way back to Rome in the center of the Mediterranean Sea, and from there, he wants to go over to Spain. That's his itinerary. And and it's extraordinarily uh, ambitious. But he is going, um, and this is probably written in in Corinth, so he's going to Rome by way of Jerusalem, and then hoping to end up in Spain. Um, he's done all he can in the north, uh, the northeastern arc of the Mediterranean Sea. And, and here is what he's praying for. And I'm going to use a phrase, and use a sentence from Matthew Henry. This is what he's praying for. For the Lord to restrain the will of our enemies. Preserving and increasing the goodwill of our friends. And then listen to this statement, for God has the hearts of both one and the other in his hands. Restrain those who are against us. Hold them back from their evil purposes. And then build up, encourage, nourish, strengthen the hearts of those. Increase the goodwill of our friends. And all of this then is for the purpose of praying the kingdom forward, praying the kingdom forward. So now to our text. This is God's word. I appeal to you, brother, this is Romans 15, beginning at verse 30 to the end of the chapter. I appeal to you, brothers, by our Lord Jesus Christ and by the love of the Spirit to strive together with me in your prayers to God on my behalf, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints, so that by God's will I may come to you with joy and be refreshed in your company. May the God of peace be with you all. Amen. Uh, this passage is really giving us three, or we can draw three questions about prayer uh, from this passage. And the first thing is, how are we to pray? How are we to pray? A- and then what are we to pray for? And then finally, what is the goal of our prayers? So how do we pray? What do we pray for? And then what are the goal? What is the goal of our 
uh, our prayers. This passage um, opens up for us a, a high bar, uh, that of, of striving earnestly in prayer. Uh, the, the Greek word that uh, really uh, covers a, a few words in here, strive with me, strive with me in prayer, uh, is a very interesting. He's urging uh, the congregation, he's urging us to, to strive together in prayer. And that word is soon um, agonizomai. It's, all, it's one word, soon with, and agonizomai. Uh, that is a word, can you hear the English word that is behind that? What, what, what is behind that word, agonizomai? Someone? Agony. Agonize with me to get, agonize with me in this goal of prayer. Um, it, it is a struggle. Um, it, it is fight alongside me in prayer. And when we think of that kind of striving, well, several things come to my mind. There is in that striving, and, and, and where that word is used elsewhere in the New Testament, it's always involving a fight. It, it's a struggle, it's a difficulty, people getting together uh, to resolve a, per, a certain problem. And we pray then with intensity, and that is with passion, with wholehearted striving. That's agonizing with another in prayer. It's a matter of intensity, and there's a sense of urgency as well. Souls are in the balance, and I am committed to the glory of God and the helping of other people. And so my prayers are, have intensity to them, they have urgency to them, and I'm not going to stop. Monica prayed for her famous 4th uh, century son, uh, who became St. Augustine, prayed for him for years, weeping with tears. It is persistent. It is committed over the long haul. Okay. You've heard what steadfast prayer is and striving prayer is. There's an intensity to it and an urgency to it and a persistence to it. And you might be sitting here thinking to yourself, that doesn't sound like anything I'm familiar with. I don't pray that way. And I don't know if I can pray that way. And yet Paul gives us everything we need as he directs us to the triune God. You are praying to your Father. And so there is a connection between you and the brothers and sisters you pray for. And you pray with. You are praying together to the Father. And, and notice then, first of all, um, we, we, pray, um, we, we pray by our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you naturally strive and care for your own flesh and blood. Your children, you naturally strive and care for them. You don't have to think about it. You, 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 you love them. You lay down your life for them. You pray for them. Uh, it, and it is not a sacrifice. But here, as our catechism stated, and as this passage teaches, we are in Christ as brothers and sisters. And so I find myself praying for this woman comfort in Nigeria, whom I have not met, may never see, but recognize that she is a sister uh, she is our flesh and blood in Jesus. She belongs to us, and we belong to her. 
Do you hear now what the apostle is doing to build up a sense of urgency, a sense of intensity and persistence? We're praying for our flesh and blood. We're in Christ. And the Spirit brings that to mind and brings that into our hearts. Because look at the next thing. We, we also then pray by the love of the Holy Spirit. Not only are we united to one another in Jesus, but we, we pray by the love of the Spirit. Now, what does that mean? You could look back to Romans 5, verse 5, and think, okay, that set passage is God's love has been poured out into our hearts uh, that we may, that we may love, that we may know God's love for us. Is that what Paul is saying? The Holy Spirit's love for us by the love of the Holy Spirit? Maybe. Maybe. But I think it's more likely that it is the love of God that he places in our hearts by the Holy Spirit so that we do love. The love that we've received. Praise God. God's given us that. We know it. But here Paul is emphasizing the love, therefore, that flows out of us for others. So we pray by the power of the Holy Spirit, uh, this love that he gives to us. And love, therefore, in the logic of this text, love includes prayer. Listen to this uh, quote from O. Halsby, uh, his famous book on prayer. To strive in prayer for a person means to live, feel, and suffer for that person. That alone requires a great struggle. See, when we see this striving in prayer, uh, it's amazing. I, the number of commentators you, that you read will, will, will point you back to Jacob striving with God. I really think that's missing the point. I don't think we're striving with or against God. I think we're dealing with the struggles in our own hearts. God is not a stingy God with whom we have to wrestle. He's a God of mercy and compassionate grace. I think instead we are struggling, we are striving in our own hearts. We're striving within ourselves to live, as O'Hallisby says, to live for another. To pray for them. To feel the things that they feel. And to suffer with them. And that, my dear friends, is not natural. That comes by the Holy Spirit. So a question, as we think about praying for people today, that the most important, I think, question that is before us is, is do, we pr- do we love those around us? Do we love those around us with the, the sense of urgency to which God calls us? Do we? Think of the people in your neighborhood. People, think of the people that you encounter uh, each day. As you go about your day, the person who pumps your gas, the person in the supermarket. We still see them. We still relate to them. One of the problems I think we can have is to view them as our servants or simply view them as machines that are doing what we want them to do. But they are eternal souls. 
maybe we need to start there. I, I, that's some place that I, I, I oftentimes feel a conviction God is calling me to be more engaging with the people I see every day. Greeting. Beginning conversations. Caring for them. You see, if you pray for the Holy Spirit to give you love, that's what will produce the compassion that we lack. If you pray for the Holy Spirit to give you love, that's what will produce the boldness that we often lack. So let's start there. Pray for the Holy Spirit uh, to increase your love. To increase our love. And that's not just for the people that we encounter during the day. It also means the people who are suffering in Oregon, in Louisiana. How can we be engaged in in caring for them as well? Okay, that's how we pray. We pray with, with... How shall we say? Spirit-wrought intensity. Spirit-wrought urgency. That's how we pray. Well, what do we pray for? That God would restrain the ill will of our enemies. God would restrain the ill will of our enemies. 31, that I may be delivered from the unbelievers in Judea. Uh, Paul, as we've said, is traveling to Judea with a tidy sum of relief money Um, for the churches there in Jerusalem. And he was not sure, he's not sure, um, um, and and he's got to face all kind of enemies on the way. The Jews saw him as dangerous and as a threat to their way of life. Um, He would say such things as, 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 as circumcision or not, not being circumcised doesn't count. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. Galatians uh, chapter 5, uh, verse 6. And, and this just lit the Jews up. That is our marker. That's what separates us from the world. That's what, in fact, shows our superiority. Paul, you are undermining our way of, our way of life. So again and again, we see this, particularly at the end of, at the, end of the, the book of, of Acts, several chapters there. He's, he's in, in, in Lystra, and there he is stoned and left for dead. He goes on to Thessalonica, Thessalonica and Corinth and Ephesus, and he's making, and he is mistreated and, and, and abused at every turn. And so he's saying, he's saying that the restraint, uh, Lord, would you restrain the ill will of my enemies? We'll come back to this, but that's what he's praying. Restrain the ill will of my enemies, and then increase the goodwill of my friends, uh, that my service for Jerusalem may be acceptable to the saints. Increase the goodwill of my friends. Even, even some Jewish Christians would have been um, suspicious of Paul. And, and it's complicated by the fact that he's bringing Greek money to Jerusalem. One commentator puts it this way, some people aren't very good at receiving things, especially from those regarded as inferior. It takes grace to receive gifts in the right spirit, every bit as much as it takes grace to give them in the right spirit. See, Paul brings this gift, this gift himself. He doesn't leave it to Timothy. He doesn't leave it to Titus. He brings it himself because the stakes are so high. And he's praying, let this 
um, gift uh, be a cause of bridge between the Jewish community and the Gentile committee, community. Don't let it don't let it explode and divide the church. Basically, he's saying pride could blow up that first century church. So we, too, pray for an increase in the goodwill of our friends. We pray uh, for the God to restrain the ill will of enemies. Um, we pray that our, the enemies of our faith uh, won't silence us and that people will hear and be receptive to Jesus. Let nothing keep you from prayer for those whom you're concerned about, those who need the Lord Jesus Christ. It is encouraging to me to hear of a women's Bible study, of a growth group opening up, of the Wednesday night meeting that oftentimes is, is, is people praying uh, in an intense manner uh, for the souls of other people. God, um, it, it's not ideal Um, what the situation is that we're right now. But we pray the Holy Spirit to give us love and opportunity even in this strangest of all times. This COVID time, and even this time of, of unrest, is God's time for His people to respond mercifully and boldly. Well, how do we pray? Uh, We pray with a sense of urgency and striving. Um, we, we pray for the restraint of the ill will of our enemies and the increase in the goodwill of our friends. And yet thirdly, the goal of prayer. Keeping the goal in mind, it is that wider circle of influence for Christ, for the gospel to grow and to bear fruit. Listen, Paul was not going to Rome for a much-needed vacation. He's always wanted to go to the frontier where the gospel had not yet reached. And so he prays for safety to be able to get to Jerusalem and then out of Jerusalem. And he's not praying because he wants to avoid being beaten. He's, he's long since passed that expect, expectation that he can, he can get near the Jewish people and be treated fairly. What is his goal? He's always got in mind that bigger picture. I want to go safely from Corinth to Jerusalem. And I want to go safely from Jerusalem to Rome. And I want to go safely from Rome because there's another part of the the itinerary. I want to get over here to Spain. He always prays with the bigger picture in mind. He prayed a few steps ahead of where he was next going because he had that, that larger vision in mind. I think it's a good thing. Um, it's a good thing to be, uh, to be part of a presbytery. A presbytery met here in safe conditions, met here yesterday. And it was wonderful to hear reports of what God is doing. For example, in Westfield, where there is a young evangelist who is working alongside a, a, a pastor there and the two of them able to manage things in the church in a way that the, that evangelist is being, is, is being released uh, to serve the Lord in the community. It's an amazing thing and it's a great thing for us to be able to pray with and be encouraged by that ministry. 
What is the goal of prayer? It's always, it's always preparation for the future. That's one of the things that encourages me so much about Firm Foundation in Christ's ministry. Uh, it is a strategic ministry of training leaders to be able to equip people in the church, to disciple people in, in the church, so that they can grow in their faith and be uh, disciplers of others. Uh, and, and it's a powerful ministry of, uh, of serving um, uh, Muslim uh, background believers. People who have come to love Jesus have put aside the, 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 the burden of trying to be good enough and never being sure if you could, if you could really have um, forgiveness. Never being sure that that was even available. Now willing to suffer for Christ in that, in that environment. And so as we pray for this group of a thousand people to gather in the month of December to be discipled, we're, we're actually praying for, 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 for tens of thousands of people to be impacted by the gospel. We pray for Dr. Gardner to work with that thousand, and that thousand impacts another ten thousand or more. That's the goal of our prayer, that the influence for Christ uh, would be extended. But, but let's, let's look back here at, at Paul's prayer. Does he get what he wants? Does God answer the prayer that Paul offers? Here we see that God's way, uh, God does his work uh, in his way. Um, was he rescued from the enemies in Jerusalem? Well, yes and no. <laughs> he got out alive. They didn't kill him. But he was arrested. He had to appeal his case, and eventually he ended up in Rome uh, to appear before Caesar. Was his ministry accepted uh, by the believers? Yes, it was. We read in Acts that the brothers gladly received this gift. Praise God. The church's solidarity was protected in that. So his, his prayer was answered. God's, his ministry was accepted among the believers. Was he refreshed in Spain so that he could do church plant, or, or in Rome so he could do church planting in Spain? <laughs> I guess in some ways he was. But not really. He never got to Spain. And we find him for two years uh, under house arrest in Rome. And, and, uh, and, and we realize that as the proverb says, the heart of man plans the way, but the Lord establishes his steps. So he didn't get what he planned in one way. But God brought people to him while he was in that prison. Listen to what it says in, in Acts 28. This is, this is not what Paul prayed for. It didn't land him in Spain and it didn't give him the opportunity to serve in Rome the way he wanted to. He didn't get what he prayed for, but he got exactly what he prayed for. Listen to this. Uh, Paul was a welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with boldness and without hindrance. So our prayers are answered not in the way that we would have imagined. Does COVID cut off our opportunities or has God changed them? Listen to these words from J.I. Packer. If you ask... Why is this happening? No light 
may come. But if you ask, how am I to glorify God now? There will always be an answer. I don't know why it's happening. But if your prayer is, how can I glorify God now? He will make that clear. And so that's what we pray. We pray for an opportunity to connect with hurting people. We pray that, that Jesus' mercy towards us would kill, both our, would kill our pride and deepen our compassion. And pray that, I ask that your families, that your families, your, your growth groups, your, your, as you meet together to, to study God's Word, as we consider praying here, as we pray on Wednesday nights, that we'd have this in mind. That, Lord, how are you leading me through your mercy to see the needs of people around me, to be granted, to be granted humility and also compassion? I can't tell you how to do that, but the Spirit of God works in you, building love and building that capacity and that wisdom to do so. I'll end with this. God is more interested in you than in your prayers. Do you know what I mean by that? He's more interested in changing you than he is answering your prayers the way you think of them. Paul didn't get whatever. He didn't get anything that he wanted, really. He didn't get to Rome, or he didn't get to Spain but he got exactly what he wanted. I'm going to end with a poem. He, a person here, he asked for strength that he might achieve. He was made weak that he might obey. He asked for health that he might do greater things. He was given infirmity that he might do better things. He asked for riches, that he might be happy. He was given poverty, that he might be wise. He asked for power, that he might have the praise of men. He was given weakness, that he might feel the need of God. He asked for all these things, that he might enjoy life. He was given life so that he might enjoy all things. He received nothing that he asked for. All that he hoped for. His prayer is answered. Let's pray. Your ways are mysterious with us. Um, We marvel at your wisdom. And we humbly um, beseech you, use us in this time and in this place. Use us in this time and in this place. Strengthen us with the Spirit. Strengthen our love through Him. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.